0: Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. No Bill today. I'm Ben Kenny, sitting across from me at a time I normally don't talk to him, especially on this medium. He is Zach Heilprin. Zach, hello. Good morning.
1: Good late morning. I don't know. What is it?
0: I, I, I would call it the morning. Right. I don't know. I usually say good morning until like 2 p.m. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, to be honest with you. Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, because I feel it's kind of like condescending. A little bit. Why? Because it feels like you're like, oh, look, the guy just walked in. He's it's uh, <laughs> it's one o'clock in the afternoon. And here's Ben saying, oh, good morning. As if you've been here f- for uh, like eight hours, which uh, sometimes I have mm. at that point. Yeah, I, sometimes. No. Sometimes the
0: lines on the times of day are just a little blurred. Yeah. Uh, speaking of during the day yesterday, uh, Zach, I'm going to ask you a broad sweeping question and then we'll get into what happened with the Brewers walk off win. Over the Tampa Bay Rays, four to three in ten innings.
1: Zach, are the Brewers back? <laughs> what would the, what would the question be if they had lost that game? Be like, uh, oh, look, Brewers still in the uh, in the shambles, just still still a mere what shell of itself since uh, the trade deadline. I don't know, like. I don't think they're back they have a they've set themselves up for what is a huge series starting tomorrow in St. Louis I mean I'll, I'll say that I don't know if they're back or not I, I would probably say two wins over Tampa Bay doesn't make you back after you go one and five against the Reds and the Pirates but it's better than losing two straight right yeah um you know and uh you're only a game back from St. Louis I think you know Two. what uh Wednesday night's game was or as to say Tuesday night's game was kind of a, a really well played game all around they they got com, uh, contributions from all over the place so yeah i mean there are, there is are some signs of that but in baseball it takes more than two games for anything to actually be you know a pattern that i agree to answer
0: your original question had the brewers split against the rays i would have come on and said are we happy with the split are we in an okay spot in this tough nine game stretch that they're on with the Rays for two, the Cardinals for three, and the Dodgers for four? In terms of being back, I talked about this last night. I'm not there yet. However, you mentioned the more sleepy win in game one against the Rays, where the offense does enough. Freddie Peralta goes five, pitches well. The bullpen, one inning through four, no real signs of weakness after what was a tough week for the bullpen. That was kind of a sleepy Brewers win to win the way they did yesterday in walk-off fashion. Tellez hits the game tying Homer in the ninth. They come back scoreless top of the 10th. And then Willie Adamas walks it off in the bottom. I will say that at least from the outside perspective, those wins, especially given the setting and the context of how this team has performed mean a little more wins in that ilk where you come back and you walk it off. You kind of, you steal a victory from the jaws of defeat those wins kind
1: of are ones that could turn the tide. Well, I think it's important because of what we heard from the clubhouse after the Josh Hader trade, right? Like the the feeling inside the clubhouse that you're trading away one of your best players, you're in first place. And it kind of felt like a shot to the clubhouse. And wins like that kind of jolt you out of it a little bit, I would say. I and you know, And you go one and five against teams that are not very good. And to be able to get a sweep against a team that's at least – I guess competing for a wild card spot like uh, Tampa Bay is that. I mean, it, it does mean something, but again, you, it doesn't really long term. It doesn't mean a ton. It's just a good, yep. you know, it's just a good note. It's just going out on a good note on a really tough stand. I shouldn't say tough, just an ugly homestand. Not tough at all. Should have, should have been way over 500 on the home stand instead of going three and five. But um, the way that they, played yesterday the way that they won it's important moving forward into st louis yeah it feels good it, and makes, it gets you going to st louis on a good right feel good about yourself a especially
0: bit. so the struggles happen i think the off day monday clearly was needed given what had gone on last week and then they have this two-game win the two-game series and then they have off today which i think could end up also helping where you carry that positive momentum the bullpen gets rested up let's go back through the sounds of yesterday's game. So Brandon Woodruff gives up three runs through seven innings, bit a bit by the long ball. However, remember a couple weeks ago, Woodruff dropped a game to the pirates where he entered the seventh scoreless through six. It was a three, nothing Brewers lead. And then just first pitch to everybody. It all unraveled. The pirates ended up winning that game. I, I forget if that was before the all-star break or last week. I don't know. All the games are kind of uh, morphing together at this point, but Yesterday he does give up three runs. He gives up the homer to Randy Rosa Arena to give the Rays the lead there in the seventh. He just hung a change up there. That was not a sign of of breaking down by any means. He throws 85 pitches, so that's an encouraging sign coming back and ramping back up after his prolonged absence. So good news there. The bullpen comes in. Brad Boxberger shaky, loads the bases with one out. But Hobie Milner comes up and two clutch outs, backwards K's to get out of that inning and preserve the one-run deficit. They turn then to Trevor Gott in the ninth when the game was still three to two. And then bottom of the ninth comes up. Rowdy Telez had entered the game earlier for, I believe it was Keston Hira. He steps up to the plate and here's how it sounded here on the zone and across the state. But
1: mm-hmm. did it. Here he comes to center and deep get up get up
0: get out of here Goal for Roddy now the way the brewers have the booth working they interchange euchre i don't know the process for that i just hear him sometimes and other times i don't so euchre was in there for the bottom of the ninth and called that great call telez ties the game then they go to the top of the 10th and this is where I think the conversation is going to center around when we talk about these two games. The defense was terrific. And this has been a baseball team that has been plagued by poor defense often. We saw a Mets game early in the season. A big Tellez throwing error ended up becoming the, the losing blow to the Brewers yesterday. It arguably became the reason they won. Top of the 10th inning, the runner starts on second base. The first batter chops a hard one to Telez. He goes to third, though, and gets the out there on a great throw. Here's how that sounded. Williams brings home the first pitch, and Walls chops one to first base.
1: Telez across the field to third, and they cut down the runner. Oh, what a heads-up play by Roddy It's It's a good play, right? It's a really, really good play. If that does not go the right way, though. Oh, it's bad. He's getting killed. Oh, I know. Right? Like, take the easy out. You know, to just get, get out of it. Take the easy out. But it was a great play.
0: It's one of those deals, and we'll elaborate on this uh, coming up in a couple of minutes. It's one of those deals to me where the plays they made, there was the heroic of Tyrone Taylor robbing the home run on Tuesday. The day I, it feels weird because the series should have started on Monday, but it didn't. So yeah. Tuesday, well, game one.
1: And- and I also made the mistake of them being at home for, for eight games. They were at Pittsburgh for three before, so that's my bad.
0: Yeah, so they were three and three on this short homestand. No, which, they
1: were they were three and two
0: on the homestand. Three and three, I believe, because they played the Reds, three against
1: Cincinnati and two against Tampa Bay.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think my math works out there. Anyway. Uh,
1: <laughs> it doesn't. Six They didn't play six games
0: at home. That aside. So, yeah, it's you have the heroics of Tyrone Taylor robbing the home run, but then that is a fundamental baseball play, right? It's not like we're talking about some crazy out there throw from maybe center field, cutting down a runner at home to win the game. It's a very fundamental play. And I guess the reason I'm focusing on it, it could have gone wrong. We've seen it go wrong. It's the fact that, those are plays this team has not made throughout this entire year, yet in that spot, like those are that's how you win baseball games late in the season, in crunch time with defense. So I'm going to give that play a
1: lot of shine
0: because it's something we haven't seen.
1: Well, and also again, it it makes sense to do it because obviously it cuts down the runner and, and it means that a, a sack fly is not gonna score a run, right? Like that is is significant. And if it doesn't work, if he's if he's late there, then you're kind of you got two on and uh, nobody out at that point but it worked and uh hey that's that's all it that matters
0: so then they head to the bottom of the 10th inning and Willie Adamas comes up and walks it off and a 1-0 pitch Willie ground ball left side that's going to get through Taylor around third the throw to the plate is going to be late and the Brewers walk off the Rays so the reaction to that walk off, Zach, and all walk offs are obviously festive. But I, you had the entire team; they were sprinting at a pretty fast clip to get out there to Adamas. You could tell that that the energy there felt like more significant than normal, given the last week.
1: Well, in the way that it happened, right? Like it's not like it was a two two game throughout the entire thing. Then all of a sudden they got to the tenth and they scored. It was the heroics of Rowdy Telez in the top of the, or I just saying the bottom of the ninth, then the top of the tenth. You get out of there with. You know, uh, Devin Williams only facing two batters. And then uh, obviously Willie Adamas, who's one of your emotional leaders and emotional guys that people like look to for that type of uh, juice, goes out and does that against his former team. Yeah, I'm not shocked that that, uh, where they're at, especially what it's August, man. It's getting close. It is August. It's getting close. It's getting down to it. Like you got a month and a half, month and a half ish of baseball left. And at this point, when you're in this race with the Cardinals, every game matters. So I checked again today, entering
0: yesterday, before that game, the Cardinals were minus 140 to win the NL Central. The Brewers, as we sit right now, are one back. They were one back entering yesterday. Both teams pick up the win. The Cardinals were minus 140 to win the NL Central. The Brewers were plus 115. Now the price has shifted a little bit, 10 cents in the Brewers' direction. The Cardinals minus 130 to win the NL Central. The Brewers plus 105. The Milwaukee's still though minus two fifteen to make the playoffs. I don't know. I it's flipped on its head since eight days ago, nine days ago before the trade deadline. But yeah, it, it is still a head to head race with the Cardinals. You have the three game set coming up in St. Louis starting tomorrow going through this weekend. Eric Lauer versus Jordan Montgomery to start it off. Corbin Burns against Wainwright on Saturday. And then Aaron Ashby against Miles Michaelis, closing it out on Sunday. We'll talk a lot more about that series as we go through today and tomorrow as well. Zach and I will be in for Bill tomorrow. A lot more to talk about with this team, though. And that's what I want to get to when we come back. There's the overall thought of does the ship feel righted? And just in terms of uh, pure reaction to it, those games felt more like Milwaukee Brewers baseball. And it all comes back to me, Zach, to the bullpen. When we saw them struggle during the trade deadline directly after against those poor teams, the bullpen pitched to an ERA around 485, one of the worst bullpens in baseball during that stretch. You come back, and the bullpen gives up one run in seven innings against the Rays. It's weird because it was a lot of the usual suspects where one game you went from Peralta to Milner to Gott to Boxberger, and then Bush comes on and gets the save. And then yesterday, it's Woodruff, Boxberger, Milner, Gott, Williams. not No Taylor Rogers Obviously, Rosenthal's not ready yet. McGee's out of here. It's the usual suspects that we've seen throughout the year, plus Bush. But the fact that the bullpen was stellar in this Rays series, against a struggling Rays team offensively at least, I, it makes me feel better about where they stand because uh, even if this team loses uh, three to two ball games where the bullpen pitches well, I still feel good about their chances at you know in an NL Central race or whatever. It's when it starts to unravel like we saw last week when they go one and five that's when I start to get concerned.
1: You get concerned when they go one and five. I get
0: concerned when the bullpen sucks.
1: <laughs> I mean what they what they do at the at the break they traded traded away one bullpen one bullpen arm. A pretty significant one who actually struggled a bit. Uh, outside. Well, I was going to. Go. I was <laughs>
0: going to do an exercise here. I was going to ask, uh, what's the word relation game that that we see? You know, like in television on, I don't know, crime shows or whatever. They ask a suspect. It's like uh, a word. What's the thing when you when they show you a picture and then you say a word that relates word to word association? It? Word association. There you go. I wanted to play word association with the thought uh, and the fact that Josh Hader blew a three-run lead the other night
1: it was yeah it was that was the dumpster fight uh, (laughs) of a performance and unfortunately that was kind of what he had not not been but for much of July that's what he was for Milwaukee too wasn't he I mean we can agree on that I mean even if you don't like the trade and obviously there's a lot of people that don't considering uh what what the bullpen has looked like you know for much of the since the trade deadline outside of the, the Tampa Bay series he was that was kind of what he was in July and I don't want to you know he has had stretches where he's played poorly before but he was. that was I know people have talked about this for the last three weeks who cares about it anymore at this point but that was kind of who he had been in July
0: yeah there is a little bit of salty ex-girlfriend in watching hater play now where I kind of want him to struggle this season so that Brewer's trade looks better. <laughs> like if Rogers comes in and pitches great, I think he's only pitched like twice for the Brewer so far, but if he's great and hater struggles, there's that salty ex-girlfriend thing where you see your former partner, or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, go and struggle out in the dating scene. It makes you feel a little better.
1: Yeah, but what? Taylor Rogers is hurt right now. Yeah, I know. And he was hurt in San Diego. But it's mostly the s- hater thing. I know, but they still made the trade. What, what are they? What
0: I know it still makes no sense to me. Uh, 877-867-1670. We will take your calls reacting to a great stretch of Brewers baseball. A great win yesterday. They go 2-0 against Tampa. We'll talk about the bullpen when we come back. Uh, We'll talk about the alignment maybe moving forward because we saw Devin Williams in the 10th yesterday. We saw Matt Bush save the game the day before. We'll talk about what it looks like moving forward. A lot more to get to on that front. A lot to get to as well. The Packers in action tomorrow night against San Francisco. Talk about the storylines there. If you follow myself or Zach, you know the Badgers mostly come first for both of us. So we will talk Badger camp some big time storylines coming out of that. And if there's one name that you would bring up, the most important names in the races for the divisions for both the Brewers, the Badgers and the Packers. We'll say who comes to mind at first coming up here in a little bit. 877 867 1670. You want to react to the Brewers game? That is the number to call. We will be back. It's Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprint in for Bill Michaels.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Hey, welcome in! It is the Bill Michael Show. I am Ben Kenny. Alongside me, Zach Heilprin. Bill is off today. He is off tomorrow. We're hanging out with you until two o'clock. What is he doing? He is in South Dakota. I don't
1: know. You don't know what he's doing? Not like to the hour. No. Okay. All right. You don't have a. You don't have the detailed list. You don't have. I don't have Bill's itinerary. I imagine riding a motorcycle. I imagine. Uh, having some drinks, I imagine, but not lots of music. Not 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 at the same and, time and driving the motorcycle. I'm, I'm t- I mean, motorcycle rides during the day, drinking at night, music. I saw they were playing bags last night, so they got or is it cornhole? Depends on. I, I'm I'm more of a bags guy, but uh, depends how you want to say it. I just yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good vacation.
0: I think there is a concert of some sort tonight. Okay, that is hence the day off tomorrow. Maybe I I don't know above my pay grade. I sit here, I talk.
1: Significantly, then, actually.
0: Yeah, that, way above. <laughs> I, I sit here, I talk, and then other people deal with that stuff. So we're talking Brewers today. Big two-game sweep of the Rays. They walk it off yesterday. A big walk-off win. Uh, we are talking about the alignment of the bullpen, whether you feel good about a Williams, Rogers, Bush, Boxberger, closer by committee with Williams going in whenever they need big timeouts. We are also talking about whether the corner feels turned a little bit. I'm hesitant, but I mean, it was, it's encouraging to see them win like they did on Tuesday, just in a very sleepy Brewers fashion. Okay, offense, and then good enough pitching, good bullpen. There you go. It was very encouraging to see them come back in the way they did yesterday, especially given the struggles. Could be a, a momentum change with the day off today and the Cardinals to come up. Uh, it, am I way off saying that the way they win sometimes is sleepy and boring?
1: and socks are you off i think any, but i think brewers fans which you're not will take any kind of win whether it's sleepy boring doesn't really matter winning is winning is it more exciting to do it like you did last night but yeah do you think they would take an 11 nothing victory over uh tamp bay more than a 4-3 walk-off victory yeah of course they would so because yeah. that means you're playing good baseball but they played good baseball the last two days they were good defensively uh both days they were they got some good pitching out of the bullpen. They got some clutch hitting. I mean, all the runs they scored except for one on Tuesday was came with two outs. Then what they did in the ninth and 10th yesterday, those are that's I don't know if you're playing great baseball, but you're playing better baseball than you had been for that one in five stretch. Uh, I don't really think anybody cares how they win, uh, whether it's boring. You want it to be exciting because well, you're not a fan of the team and, well, you want, and you want to be able to talk about it the next day
0: when it comes to I disagree with that. You don't when it comes to reversing the course of struggles I think a win like they had yesterday means more
1: I think 11 I think a win 11 to nothing win would mean just as much I something I think there is something to be
0: said about a walk-off and stealing a victory from the jaws of defeat when for the week previously it had happened the exact opposite direction you were throwing away games when they were in the jaws of victory
1: sure but I mean beat the pants off a team that's in the race for wild card spot is okay too
0: that would work. You're right. 877-867-1670. So there's that. We'll take your thoughts on the Brewers throughout today. They're back in action against St. Louis tomorrow. The Packers, though, they have a game on Friday night against San Francisco. Believe it or not, I looked up the odds, and I, I'm going to preview this so I give you time. I need a very detailed pick against the spread here once I outline what the spread is, Zach. Okay? Yep. They are two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the San Francisco 49ers, plus 120 on the money line. The over-under for the game is set at 33-and-a-half. Question one is, uh, will you be turning on NFL Network at 7.30 tomorrow with a very interested eye or just a, oh, it's the preseason kind of eye? And two, should we put our mortgage on Packers plus two-and-a-half?
1: I would not because I saw... First of all, yes, we will be watching. Second of all, I will not be betting any money on the Packers, considering I saw the group of players that are not going to be playing tomorrow. And uh, that list includes pretty much every starter outside of some of the the rookies and some of the offensive line. Like the starting offensive line, which they better hope is not the starting offensive line come game (laughs) one, is going to be out there you're getting uh you know get some Romeo Dobbs you're going to get some Quay Walker you're going to get some Devonte Wyatt and all that good stuff but Jordan Love Jordan Love man. a Jordan a Jordan Love who apparently has and I haven't been up there as I normally am this time of year but has looked pretty darn good in practice when he can't get hit uh what does it look like tomorrow but the 49ers apparently going to be playing the starters in their f- tomorrow Trey Lance yeah so i mean the Packers backups versus San Francisco starters Packers starters couldn't be the 49ers starters last year. So, uh, the the backups are going to beat them. I think that's asking a lot. So, I, I would I would not be spending any money on the Packers. I would be, anybody uh, I don't want to offend anybody here, but I'm probably going to. Careful. Anybody that's puts money on a preseason game in, in, in football, I got there's there's a gambling hotline that you probably need to uh call.
0: Counterpoint. It's the preseason for gamblers too.
1: Yes, but anybody I shouldn't say maybe not a lot of money. Like if you're putting a lot of money on these games, that's I don't feel it's like overly uh, smart like you're not betting on anything other than gosh I hope this hits like there's there's no there's no research there's like unless you're betting on the Baltimore Ravens to win the game because they apparently won 20 straight regular uh, preseason games like dynasty unless you put money on that okay but the Packers no no clue
0: you know who else was always a juggernaut preseason coach uh, current, or I guess future, Big Ten head coach Chip Kelly. Dominant in the preseason. And then he would bring his team to Green Bay in the regular season and get waxed.
1: Weren't they, like, undefeated when they came to Green Bay, though? In the preseason. What were they when they oh, came to Green
0: Bay? Oh, it was, like, 6-1. and one.
1: Weren't they really good coming in?
0: They had a good record. They hadn't played good teams, and they just got the doors blown off them.
1: They played, I feel like they had the offense on the field for about 12 minutes of that game.
0: Yeah, it because... It was hilarious. Well, Eddie Lacy went nuts... That was when the Packers were wearing those old uniforms with the, with the, they were, it was the monochromatic one color and the circle. Those, those yeah. retro throwbacks. And I just remember Eddie Lacey probably going for 300 all purpose yards and being on and Sammy Biscuit, Sammy sleeves, Sam Bradford on the sideline for the entire game. Yeah. Maybe it was Mark Sanchez at that point. It Who was, knows?
1: I don't know. It was hilarious because like, it was they, really funny. They, like Chip Kelly trying to run that speed up that Oregon had done. And oh. When you do that in the NFL, your defense is just going to get worn down.
0: Which they ended up, uh, they were. Yes. But at at UCLA, interesting stuff. Maybe in a year, we'll talk about Chip Kelly, the Big Ten coach. Uh, The players you mentioned that will not be playing for the Packers on Friday, Matt Schneideman had this as well as others, that he took a picture of a post-practice huddle. This is not confirmed by any means. There you go. But the ones in the huddle that seem to be, uh, you can try to connect dots here, but the picture posted not confirmed again was Alan Lazard, Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark, Mason Crosby, Sammy Watkins, Elton Jenkins, Randall Cobb, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Adrian Amos, Smith, Savage, Alexander. I pretty much uh, the whole defense, really. Uh Gary, Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Lewis, Tunyon, Rogers, uh, Lowry, Bakhtiari, and Reed. So pretty much every every legitimate contributor, minus the rookies. Especially those on defense, and maybe on the offensive line if they end up if Zach Tom gets up there, and then Jordan Love. So when it comes to whether I'm watching with a very excited eye or whether it's a oh it's the preseason kind of eye, maybe I just have football withdrawal here. But it kind of feels like we're going to learn a lot from this game, and a lot more than we usually do. Not only because of Jordan Love, that's that's the the king topic. We've talked about that forever. You know that. Maybe Dobbs as well, but mostly about the offensive line. Because if I talked about this earlier this week, if I had to pick one Achilles heel, if something goes wrong this season, why would it happen? Offensive line. First thing I point to with the health. So, what does Zach Tom look like? Is it a Newman Hanson right side of the line? What does the alignment look like? How do they look? Can Tom actually come in and play as a rookie? I feel like we're going to learn a
1: lot. I don't think we're going to, again, going against 49 our starters. When it's your starting offensive right now, it's your starting offensive line. It could be it could be tough. It could be tough. I think I don't I don't know how much you're going to learn about that. If, if if they get torn up or you just gonna be like, oh, my God, Ber, the the Packers are in trouble like this. This is going to be they're going to be really, really in trouble if you. But well, then, I think they're in trouble anyway. I don't because I, I, I know that a lot of people don't think David Bakhtiari is ever going to play again. I think there are some people out there that don't think he's ever going to play again. I'm not one of those people. And when you get both of those guys back, assuming they come back, and I think they will, him and Elton Jenkins, and you put those guys attack, or you move Elton Jenkins inside, whatever you want to do, however you're feeling, where you want to move uh, Yash, uh, uh, Nyman, where you want to put him, that offensive line is, is the top five unit in the league. If those guys come back and are healthy.
0: When and if, yes, I agree. So My, my problem comes... Because you don't believe them. No, even if they do come back and are healthy.
1: Oh, then if they come back and they're healthy, there's no problem whatsoever.
0: My problem still comes on the depth there.
1: Oh, that's what, you, but that's what we're talking about here. I'm talking about the starting unit. Those two guys back could it be an issue with the depth? Yes, because offensive linemen, especially in Green Bay, a lot of injuries. I think the depth at the inside spots really, really, con- you know, at the guard spots, concerning because yeah. it's a bunch of young guys. Um, but if those guys come back, oh, I know. I'm not going to argue that starting unit.
0: Top, top starting five. unit, is, easy. Is,
1: yes. I agree. And they've I, done a and they've done a I apologize. They've done a really good job of drafting too, like adding uh depth to this. They John spe- Runyon. They spent John Runyon. Noted Philly guy. Starter, right? I mean, you have what they, they believe, it appears. Zach Tom is a guy that's gonna be able to play for you at some point, perhaps early this year. Uh Royce Newman second year. Well, It was up and down his, his first year. Josh Myers, another guy that they spent a ton of stuff. They've spent, a. this is why I'm not worried about the offensive line. They spent a ton of draft capital on that line. And I, I think it's, you're going to, it's going to come to fruition. It's going to show itself this year. I don't know if it's going to be great, but I think it's going to be serviceable. I think that if, the
0: two tackles come back and are healthy. This is one of the best units in the NFL. And if they stay healthy throughout the year, the team is in terrific shape and probably wins the NFC. If something bad happens though, and I know it it sucks to put it this way, but the reason I'm excited to watch on Friday is because we're going to see Newman and Hanson and Tom out there and a nine minute left tackle. But the inside guys with Runyon, Josh Myers uh, and Newman, once he slides into right guard, I like them a lot. But behind them, I don't know who in the world, aside from Jake Hansen, the backups and Tom are. Cole van Lennon. Which exactly goes to my point of if in the event something bad happens, which we've like, look at last year. They had injuries everywhere. And what was so impressive is they withstood all of them. Well, now Billy Turner's gone. Some of your other depth guys are gone. Lucas so Patrick, who's why, a starter. Yeah, why I'm excited to watch on Friday is because we're seeing the younger guys and the depth guys at those positions. And I know it's the first action we'll see in a game, but I just want to see whether they can play. I, I want to see the initial impressions.
1: No, no wide ranging, you know, takeaways, you see, but, but you're going to, you're going to overreact to it. This, it's what we do in the preseason. It's like, oh my God, a no, guy, oh my God, a guy returned a punt for a touchdown. He's like the fourth guy in the depth chart at the, uh, at the gunner spot. Like, I mean, like there's, and, and we overreact to it. he's, he's going to make the team like, no, he's not. It's, it's you, you, the preseason is made for overreactions, and you're going to overreact to what you see on Friday night. I guarantee it. It's 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 in our nature to overreact to it. It, it.
0: it just is. I'm going to overreact to what Jordan Love does in either direction. If I see something great from Romeo Dobbs, I will overreact that way. The offensive line, I'm I'm, I'm going to reserve what I think because I know it will look different come week two or week three or week four whenever the guys come back. It, the problem is it needs to be week one. <laughs> it does week one. I already think I, I've said this. I think the Packers are going to lose week one. I think they're in trouble in week one. I, it, think, the,
1: I think the Vikings pass rush is going to be a problem.
0: Plus you think about last year when they laid the dud against the Saints, like they are going to hit on all cylinders this year at some point, but all
1: signs are pointing to week one, not being that time, which might not be the worst thing. So eh, it is the worst thing. It's losing to the Saints in week one is one thing. It's out of con. It's an out of division opponent. It's not really good. You know, it is what it is. It's not going to make or break your season. And losing the Vikings isn't going to make or break your season, but it already puts you in a hole.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I uh, Maybe I'm just my expectations for that week are already low, especially given the tackle spots that I just I season wide expectation. I think if, if they don't lo- if they don't win the NFC North, if something goes wrong, a lot more will be wrong with what go with what happens than say rogers not playing the preseason or them losing week one
1: and i also say this i think the defense is going to get after kirk cousins like it, it it may not be the shootout that it was last year
0: i thought he was surrounded by plexiglass i don't get it was that only last year what do you mean I, i'll tell you off air
1: okay please do i don't I, that, that one flies over my head Ugh. but like it may not be the shootout that everyone that, that we saw in that stadium last year where it was just back and forth and back and forth like the, the, the Packers defense and the way they're able to get after the quarterback, I think, I, I assume, it's going to be, I think both quarterbacks going to be under duress much of the day.
0: Well, also those two explosive passing targets the Packers had in that game. MVS and Devontae are no longer in Green Bay.
1: And unfortunately for Green Bay, uh, Minnesotas are still there.
0: (laughs) Yes, very much so. And maybe Irv Smith, even that young tight end, the athletic guy, maybe he's healthy by then. Maybe. We'll see. Who knows? 877-867-1670. What do you think about Friday? Where are the overreactions going to fall? How do you feel about the offensive line? We'll talk more about that as we move forward. There was also a player release yesterday. We mentioned it on the show, but I have to tie in Another team in this state with the news. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. It's Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin in for Bill Michaels.
1: This is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.